Thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. Enjoy the podcast. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Bet UK is empowering the everyday wins. Cheeky grins. <laughs> Big conversations. Budding aspirations. Our goal? To make EdTech accessible and teaching exceptional. Join the global education community on the 24th to the 26th of January 2024 as we make education better together. Ticket off your Christmas list today. Get your free ticket before the 13th of December deadline. Visit www.uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Teachers Talk Radio. Thank you very much for clicking play on this. If you're listening back or if you've chosen to spend a little bit of time with us this evening, then thank you to you too. Welcome, Matt, Miss B. Um, Vicky, in fact, I'm going to ask um, Miss B in as a speaker just in a second. Um, in fact, I just have invited Miss B in as a speaker. So welcome to this um, show. We're going to be concentrating on working in a toxic school. What is a toxic school? Um, what isn't a toxic school? What does it feel like to work in a toxic school? What should you do if you work in one? Um, it's never sort of, sometimes it is clear cut, but there are gray areas here so it'll be really interesting to delve into um other people's experiences um tonight in terms of their experiences of working in these schools how that's impacted them very fortunate to have a few guests tonight who are going to share their experiences um which is great because i think this is a hugely important topic i think it's one that perhaps isn't talked about enough maybe isn't recognized enough sometimes. Um, I think there's a lot of fear around talking about negative experiences. I don't know whether that fear comes from from Ofsted inspections and sort of the accountability system, as in if you don't look the part and talk the part, then you you know, you are bad sort of thing. Um, whether that's true or not, that, that could be one of the reasons. Um, I just think there's a lot of, of fear around talking about the things that are actually happening in the profession and the things that are going on. And I think tonight's an opportunity, hopefully, to talk about maybe those experiences, to maybe advise or give ideas on what someone can do if they're in that position. And it's it's very bad if you ever do get into that situation or position. Um, I will in a moment just talk about my sort of personal experiences before inviting some of the some of the guest speakers on as well. Um, just before I do that, it's it's a good opportunity for me to thank our sponsor tonight, which is John Cat Educational. Um, and it's great to work with John Cat. They support shows like this, like the one we're doing tonight, the conversation that we're having about toxic schools, which I think is 
is really, really important. Um, if you don't know them, they publish professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Um, if you're interested in finding out more, you can visit johncatbookshop.com. And even then, you can get 20% off any item on their bookshop by using the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order, whatever you order, whether it's multiple items or single items. Talk more about John Cat later on as well. Um, but yeah, thanks to John Cat for sponsoring tonight. Really, really appreciate it. Um, so my first question is, do you work in a toxic school? Now, I created a while ago a little graphic, um, which I've posted on my, you can find it on my social media. But it's just about, um, I've called it like the toxicity radar. So if you search for that on, so, on, on X, or what was formerly known as Twitter, then you can find this this toxicity radar. And essentially in the in the middle, you've got a red block that says toxic schools. And then going out from there, you've got various factors that might mean that you work in a toxic school. Now, there are in fact, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight factors that I've included on here. I'm sure we can discuss more than the eight factors I've put on this grid. But I do think it's a nice starting point. And the factors that I've said on here that constitute someone working in a toxic school are, I am being bullied at work and rarely feel secure. I don't feel leaders attempt to empathize at all. I never have any time to eat lunch or stop at all. I dread going to work almost every day. Accountability is excessive and only on the teachers and never on the students. I am very scared of challenging anything in the school. I always feel incredibly stressed every weekend. And the last one was I have to work at least one full day every weekend. Now, I've said on this diagram when I created it, that if you get 75% or more of those factors, then you, you you probably work in a toxic school to one degree or another. Um, now, that's just me coming up with that. Everyone might have their own ideas there. You know, you might think that only having one or two of those factors that I've listed mean that you work in a toxic school, um, which is completely fair. I mean, I've just come up with that figure based on my experiences. Um, but I do think these are interesting starting points just to get, us thinking about it, uh, about what a toxic school is or isn't. Now, on the outside of this diagram, in the green section, I feel confident and secure at work at all times. I very rarely have to work on weekends. I very rarely feel worried or stressed on weekends. I feel very comfortable to challenge and disagree. Accountability is shared around and isn't excessive. Very rarely dread work. I always have time to eat lunch and I feel understood and can be open about my mental health. Um, and interestingly enough, when I asked people to potentially come on here tonight and talk about it, um, a lot of people said they'd signed non-disclosure agreements, so therefore they couldn't talk about it, uh, but they'd like to. Uh, they, they, you know, If they hadn't have signed that, they'd, they'd absolutely have talked about it. And also a lot of people just generally sort of, uh, you know, I guess, scared. I mean, I mean, this is people who've left these places years before. Um, and that's something that's absolutely true is this hangover effect. You know, you work in a toxic school for long enough, you can basically double that 
in terms of the hangover you might have um, at the end of it. Because, you know, you weren't there for a year, you might end up having a hangover that lasts for two years. You weren't there for five years, you might end up with a hangover that lasts 10 years. Um, so it can it can just go on and on and on um, and can be really, really difficult. Now, before I speak to the first guest, I'm hoping, Miss B, if you look at your screen, you should have an invite to come in and speak. I know I've got limited time with Miss B, so I want to sort of have a conversation with her first. And then I've also got another guest who's going to remain anonymous on the show tonight, um, who's going to be sharing their experiences when they've worked in a toxic school as well. And I know both guests are connected. So Miss B, you're now connected. Good evening to you. If you can just unmute. There you go. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are you this evening? I'm all right. Thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm not too bad, actually. Now, your tweet caught my eye. You're a maths teacher, um, and you you had replied to my tweet, which said, have you left a toxic school? What have you done since? You replied um, by saying that someone told me I'd, I got my sparkle back, and I hadn't realised until that point how much I'd lost it. Um, so I wondered whether you could talk about your experience going from a toxic school to a non-toxic school. Yeah, so um, essentially, I was very fortunate in the position that I still lived my, with my parents at the time. So I essentially, I felt it was so bad that I resigned without anything to go into, um, which I know not everybody's fortunate enough to be able to be in that position. But I thought, I've got to get out. Um, and I started at my new school. And it was like opening my eyes again um I was suddenly trusted with my job again I enjoyed going to work um I wasn't crying every day <laughs> um I feel like these sound like such silly things to be doing but honestly it made so much difference to my life um my mum was a teacher and she said to me afterwards um she used to dread it when I came home from work every day because she didn't know what mood I was going to be in because yeah. I was so miserable. Um, but I started at the new school and I thought, wow, I like teaching again. I enjoy it. I enjoy doing my subjects and like presenting at the front of the room. And yeah. I, at one point when I was at that particular school previously, um, I remember someone coming in to observe me and I just kind of forgot how to speak. <laughs> um, I started stepping yeah. and like mumbling and it wasn't until that point where I thought, oh my goodness, what on earth is wrong with me? And that has not happened since I've left there. I've not felt that sense of terror because um, it was terror really. And I just... Is that terror, just, just to cut in there, is that terror thinking that they were going to see something and then you were going to yeah. get in trouble, that sort of thing? Yeah. yeah, it was like, it was constant. I would live in fear of someone coming into my classroom at that school because I would think, oh, my goodness, what, what are they going to pick now? Because there was always, always, always something. Um, and it was always my fault, not the kids' fault. Like, even if it was something the kids were doing, it was... Why did you do that? That was silly. Um, and it just... Yeah, it was all on you. Yeah, it felt very much like the walls were closing in on me. 
it was a very very difficult year so was this was this your was this your first year in teaching it was yeah yeah so i um i trained during the year that covid happened so yeah. i had only had what, half two thirds of, of a training year so i was already starting in september feeling like i wasn't quite the finished product so I needed support and I needed guidance. I needed I needed them to be a little bit gentle with me because I didn't feel like I was a hundred percent there with what I was doing. Um, but I was met with so much scrutiny, and I was essentially bullied for the year. Um, and I'm so so glad that I tried somewhere else because I think I remember it being the day before we went back after October half term. And I remember crying and saying, I can't go back, I can't go back. And I stuck it out for the year. But I think had I not changed to another school, I wouldn't still be teaching. So when you decided, so it, when you were within that year, right? Because, I mean, a big, a big part of tonight is to try to think, okay, if someone's in this situation, mm-hmm. what do they do? Now, one of the obvious things is to try to leave which yeah. you've obviously done. But was there anything else during that year, apart from digging in and trying to survive, is, yeah. is, there, is there anything else you did or you tried to do that helped or might have helped? Um, I mean, I found a trusted person within my school that was like my one person I could go to and they would always make me feel a little bit better and they knew it was bad for me, um, but it was just nice to go and see someone that was a little separation. Um, and actually, that was when I started being active on my teacher Twitter. Yeah. So I spoke to so many people that year and I had such good advice from people um, because I felt like I couldn't always go to people within my school so there's someone that I went to for, um, we had like a Zoom call um, and he guided me through some behaviour techniques and he's someone who I still stay in touch with every now and then now. Yeah. Um, and I think, honestly, the Twitter community was so valuable to me that year yeah. um, because yeah. I could stay anonymous. No one knew who I was. Um but I could talk about it and I could get help from people and advice. And, um, yeah, it was a godsend, honestly. <laughs> That's amazing. So how, how long have you been in the school you're in now? Uh, this is now my third year. Okay. And if you were to sort of try to, try to highlight the key differences in not just what happens but the way you feel I know that's difficult because there's probably a huge amount but you know what what would you say are the main differences I enjoy going to work um I don't feel like the kids overwhelm me I think at one point because in that school I felt so overwhelmed by the staff and the people above me I felt almost like the kids had a hold over me as well I felt like I felt like I wasn't good enough. And now I think, actually, I can hold my own. I do know what I'm doing. And because I'm trusted, I'm allowed to do that job well. Um, 
and I, that's that's never questioned. Can you explain how? So when you were in this school, the first mm-hmm. school, the toxic school, um, how did it feel in the morning when you were driving to work? Or it was, always, it was always a sense of dread, really. Um, how did you overcome that? Because I don't know whether... So just coming to my experience a moment, I sort of carried on and on and on. And mm-hmm. until right at the end when I was like, no, I, I just can't do this. I, I woke up one morning, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, it was a Wednesday morning and I was like, no, I've I've done far too long. I mean, th- we're talking a few years in this case yeah. of waking up more or less every day or at least most days thinking, oh, my God, how am I just how am I doing this? How am I actually functioning as a human being right now? Um, and almost having to drag myself out of bed, drag myself with such an intense feeling of dread about the people I would see, the situations I would be in and how I would have to deal with those situations that actually were pretty much out of my control. Um, So in the end, I went off sick um, for a couple of weeks, uh, maybe a bit longer. I can't actually remember now, but it was certainly, I I just, I, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, and of course at that point you feel there is that danger you can feel like a failure that was I mean for me that was completely overrided by a sense of relief because I escaped from my own mental state of I have to do this into a mental state of I'm now not doing this and I've chosen not to do it and I, nothing bad has happened to me yet. And then that feeling carried on and on and on until eventually I was like, why the hell didn't I do this earlier? I've wasted to, a few years of my 20s that were supposed to be mint feeling like crap <laughs> and not going out and not meeting people and feeling depressed and feeling, in fact, I think for me it was anxiety more than depression. I think the depression sometimes came from the anxiety, but for me, it was the, the constant feeling of anxiety that was the key thing. And who knows the effect that's had on me, you know, longer term. You were there for a year. Um, and even, you know, from thinking about you, I'm sure it's had an effect, you know, a residual effect. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Do you think, do you feel, so what advice would you give to somebody who is in a toxic school that they believe to be toxic. So I said at the beginning that I think it's important that we really consider what a toxic school is. It's very easy to say it's a toxic school, but for example, you miss B, you left the toxic, you left that school, you've gone to another school and it's worked out well for you, which to me proves that, you know, that was the school. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, there's no other yeah. way of thinking about it. But it is important to self-reflect and say, okay, is, is this, you know, is this the school? Let's look at the factors about the school. But what what advice would you give to someone who feels in that situation and is almost stuck in that situation? I think definitely 
try and find at least one person in the school that can be like your person, your go-to, your your little escape, I suppose. I think there'll always be one. They might not always be obvious, um, but there'll always be someone that you can hopefully go to. I say that as a secondary school teacher with a lot of staff in a school. I know it'll be harder with primary, but you always need that little escape. Like for me, it was an English teacher or it was <coughs> um, people I met through Twitter. Mm. Um, and I found that godsend. Um, also, don't let it make you shut yourself away. I shut myself away entirely for that year. And I just didn't do anything outside of work because I was so exhausted all the time because all of my energy was going into work and into trying to survive. Um, and I just feel like I lost all essence of myself that year because I just didn't give myself to anything else other than work. And I think it's it's a very, very easy cycle to fall into. So I think being aware of it is the first step. Um, did you did you have any fear about what would happen if you left this school? Were you thinking, yeah. I'm not going to get a reference or, you know, I won't be able to get another job or, you know, all that stuff? Yeah, so I think because I jumped and um, resigned before I'd actually looked elsewhere, I just wanted out, I thought, I mean, I'd, I'd like you, I felt relief, but then I thought, oh, no, what if I can't get another job? And I was very, very lucky in that I found one relatively quickly. Um, and I know I'm in a fortunate position with that with my subject as well. Um, but I definitely thought, what if no one wants me? What if they have? What if they read my reference? Because I've got no idea what it would have said. Um, mm. What if they read my reference and um, it's awful? What if they've said all these horrible things about me? Because I know there are two sides to every story. Um, but also it's, uh, it's a worry about what if I go somewhere else now and that reference would be what let me down? What if, cause they still have that hold over me cause I would still have to put them down as a reference. Like now you mean? Yeah. And I think that, that is a concern because I'm out of there and I know I'm so much better within myself, but there's still that fear that they could drag me down. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I had this issue with, I mean, I've worked in more than 10 schools, so I'm only talking about two schools out of the 10 mm -hmm. that I would, I would consider to be toxic. They were toxic in very different ways. School one was about workload and hyper pressure, hyper accountability, hyper scrutiny, unreasonable yeah. demands, ridiculous requests, all that sort of stuff. But still yeah. with the level of, I, I mean, it, it's funny you'd call it professional. But what I'm saying is it wasn't like the Wild Wild West, you know, whereas school yeah. two was like the Wild Wild West. Granted, it was not a UK based school subject to UK school legislation. It was like the Wild Wild West. It was not toxic in terms of workload. People could have done literally whatever they wanted to do. And 
it would have been fine. The problem with that was is there were just there were just so many instances of um, toxic behaviour from uh, from staff and from the the and within the school in general. That's what made it toxic. So they're two very different examples. But I know that from one of those examples, after I'd left school one, which was the unreasonable workload school, um, I went for another uh, sort of casual position. It was a very sort of casual position. It wasn't uh, sort of, uh, you know, it, it was a, it was a, it was casual work. It, and and I went for this job. It was through an agency, actually. So the agency had pushed me through there and said, you know, this guy's good, blah blah So I'm thinking, great, went for the interview. think it went okay. It wasn't the best thing that ever happened, but it was okay. And suddenly, you know, that night or the following morning, I get a call off the agency saying, oh, this, you know, um, the schools changed their mind sort of thing. I mean, they didn't use the f- phrase change their mind, but it was a very strange scenario where you leave the school thinking, okay, this is probably going to happen. And by the way, I wasn't desperate to get that job. It wasn't a job that I was hanging everything on, but it, it was a very strange one where suddenly I get a call from the agency saying suddenly, you know, actually, um, yeah, they've changed their mind. And no, there are informal phone calls. It's, I think it's, this is the problem you know is people can do it if people aren't professional they aren't nice people there are things that they can do to try and ruin but ultimately if you're a good teacher if you're a good professional i would like to think that someone will always give you a chance some this especially given the situation that we have now in the profession where literally there's just so many roles knocking around it's silly someone someone will give you a chance and and not only that and someone with more technical and legal know-how can tell me this is true or not but i don't think it's legal to give someone an inaccurate reference and i also don't think it's legal to uh misrepresent or mischaracterize on a reference um someone can correct me on that one uh if if i'm wrong there but i don't think it's it's legal um but that's that's sort of i mean with you what you're saying now is you still feel that that's sort of hanging over you a little bit even though you're perfectly happy in this school now yeah i think whilst i know i'm away from it and i'm better it's still a little bit unsettling to know that i might have to rely on them at some point and I, I, it's definitely knocked my confidence. I obviously feel a lot better within myself now and my teaching and how I do my job. And if I rationalise it, I know I'm good at my job, but I do every now and then have these little doubts. And I think, oh, it's because they said that at this point. Um, and it... That's another part of this. Yeah, that, that's another part of it, isn't it? Is this idea that you believe what they tell you so yeah. wholeheartedly. Like, I believed everything that was happening in school one. School two came later. So school two, I had that experience and that sort of now to say, hang on a minute. Whereas school one, I was just naive. And I, I, I 
accepted that that was what it was. And I was like, these people are, you know, all of them more or less behaved in the same way. So when you've got like groupthink, especially as a young member of staff, it's quite difficult to turn around and go, nah, they're all mad and I'm the same one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think because that was my first experience, I thought, oh, this is just how it is. And it's very hard to kind of separate yourself from that if you don't know any different. Yeah, Katie's messaged in. Thanks, Katie. She says, I've been in such a similar environment in my first school. Luckily, I'd been trained in two lovely schools, so knew the school was toxic, but it really affected my mental health and sense of self-worth. And also, I've had a couple, of, I can't read them for obvious reasons, but I've had a couple of direct messages since we started the show from people saying, you know, um, I'm in sort of this situation. And, it, it, you know, it's sad that so many teachers do end up in these situations. There's, there's far too many examples of it um, knocking around. And it's very easy to believe that you are the one who isn't very good. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah, it's very easy to slip into that. Um, listen, Miss B, I'm very conscious you've got to go. So I don't know if you have got to go, but I think I you have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to let you go. I want to thank you massively for coming on here and sharing that because I just think it was really powerful and helpful. So thank you very much and yeah good luck thank you very much and thank you for opening up this discussion because i think it is a massively important one yeah it's huge it's, it's hugely important and i think the more conversations like this the better um it's difficult because as we said earlier a lot of people might have signed ndas or or you know you, people even even people who haven't signed ndas you know are in situations where they're still scared. They shouldn't be scared. We're professionals. You know, people haven't done anything wrong. Why should someone who's never done anything wrong have to live in fear? They shouldn't, should they? Anyway, Miss B, thank you very much indeed for that. Um, I'm going to bring in my second guest now, who's appearing anonymously, so I'm going to call him X. Um, X, do you want to unmute yourself? If you can, it's in the bottom left. Hopefully. There we go. Yeah, I've done that. Brilliant. Good yeah. Good evening. Okay. How are you? Hi, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, I'm going to call you X good. for the purposes of anonymity. Um, so possible. can you... Thank you. Yeah, can you tell me about your, your story, if possible? Yeah, um, well, mine's um, very similar to the last caller, really, but um, mine's got a bit of a different twist in the sense of um, the toxic school I was in. Um, I was a member of that SLT. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's a very, very, um, like I said, difficult, difficult one to sort of, to sort of like unpack for possibly a lot of people in the sense that I was part of what I considered to be a toxic and, well, quite frankly, a bullying culture. Um, uh, and very, very quickly... I knew I particularly I didn't particularly want to be part of that at all, and I observed that from other members within there towards others, um, uh, and actually within the own SLT that that was the case from head teacher, deputy head teacher at the time. I was an aspiring assistant head, 
Um, I'd worked in a previous school, an inner city comp, um, which was a great school, my first school. Um, yeah. Very, very good. Very good head, compassionate head. Um, uh, you know, the, the students were challenging, but the head was a compassionate sort. And, you know, it was all about lots of different opportunities. And yeah. I sort of worked my way through through there, was promoted as an assistant head to this other school. So when that first school I was with. Uh, uh, sorry, can you hear me? I've just, I've just switched over. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, can hear yeah. you better, okay, actually. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're always taught at that age, aren't you? You've got to aspire to be this. And, you know, I promote you very quickly and all the rest of it like that. But going to one of your one of your points, I think probably very, very quickly, I realised that this was going to be quite a challenge for me because um, uh, I didn't operate in the same way. Um, uh, you know, I've always believed it to be a hearts and minds profession where you get the best out of people that you lead by treating them with respect, with compassion. And you you hone in on the schools. And I'm talking about the staff that you line manage or lead. Um, but because of some of the kind of the way that the the like I said, the head and the senior deputy worked, they were all very much like, you know, very sort of quite intimidating. It was that bullying culture. What you said earlier was interesting one. It was hyper accountable in terms of, you know, what was required for data and, 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 you know, it was open bucket here and FFTD here and all those things. That was the most important thing. Nothing else was important. Just what happened there. Not, the experiences that the students got and literally I was watching staff including myself going under because they they just felt that ridiculous kind of pressure and I think as time wore on because I didn't work in that same way I became quite unpopular with with the SLT themselves. You you became not necessarily targeted, but you became the worst SLT Absolutely member. Absolutely right. I think I was treated as some <laughs> sort of renegade, whereas I really wasn't. I was nothing like that. I was, you know, I was a, you know, I just believed that the you know, the way I was taught, like I said, my first school, I was there 13 years. I was very happy, got promoted and all the rest of it. I thought, I'm sure I can take my skills and, and have a good effect on everybody else. And I still believe to this day that I did. That I did do that with those stuff, um, yeah. but I was so appalled at what I was seeing, like day in day out, year in year out. I was almost fighting a battle from within, but also trying to establish myself the way I did it. Do you know what I mean? And so, how how did you survive I, that? Honestly, when you were this in, this is a difficulty really because I have I have no problem with working a long shift, but I was working. I was probably getting into school at seven in my position as an assistant head. And at one point I was a deputy head. I was, I, 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 I did maternity covers. So, um, you know, I was getting in at seven, I was leaving at seven and I was, you know, almost like feeling I was part of something which I didn't believe in. Um, and getting through that, I think, was due probably to my own stubbornness. And of course, you think to yourself, well, you've got a young family, you've got to provide for them. You've almost got that kind of bloody minded attitude towards it. Do you know what I mean? But slowly, of course, you can't maintain that. And things just gradually began to unravel. And, and the effect that it had on my mental health was profound. Um, so give us give us a timeline and talk me through that. Then. So. It got to a stage, I, I, I got...
because I was in charge. Oh, I think of you might have just like, dropped. You know, I was in charge of like I was like a pastoral leader, that sort of thing. And I know I had a positive effect on different sort of things, but it was never really enough. Um, uh, you know, you got to do this, you got to. And it, it was, it was, it was just a horrendous situation, and it got to a situation where it was becoming very, very toxic in the school. And ever more within meetings, I was, I was going against the grain um, of things. Um, and I was talking four years ago, five years ago, um, uh, and I was becoming ever more stressed. And, and, and the more I was going against the grain of what they believed, the more I was saying, no, I think you really need to do it like this has to be more compassionate. It needs to be more hearts and minds. It needs to be more, you know, it can't be as autocratic as this. The more that happened, the more my workload increased, the more unreasonable deadlines came my way. Uh, yeah, and it, it and 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 what I was put in charge of, uh, you're, you're now in charge of this, and it was just literally impossible. Now I had an excellent team with me, but but and and, and you know they did as much as they could, but we got to a stand. Your last call was talking about having a trusted colleague on there, and I did have one of those, and all the rest of it. But then it got to a stage where things just unraveled. Pressures were just ridiculous and I, I swear to god it, well i i can't prove it of course but i, I i'm certain i'm certain that, that, that there was almost like a feeling that people were almost enjoying this if you if you know what i mean and i, I and you know I, that, that that might be a a misconception mm. or anything but no, it probably I, isn't. I i literally i i at one point i was in charge of literally everything on the pastoral front do you know what i mean it was it was, it was just, you know without going into too many details now nobody can 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 absorb all of that with unreasonable deadlines with staff leaving because they felt they were being bullied out um uh, and you're you're you know you're only going to look at the recruitment crisis now that, that that we have and ever more and i think it was almost like they they were scared to challenge the, the Ofsted narrative. Therefore, whatever Ofsted came through, right, we've got to do it that way. Well, no, you don't. You actually have to challenge it. And like I said, as, uh, the, the tragedy of of, 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 of this teacher, that this head teacher that took her own life over Ofsted like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, 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 you, you can't even bear thinking about, but as horrendous as this sounds, this was almost something that, that was coming. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, mm. and that's the sad part of it. Anyway, I I um I went off sick because uh, I, I you know for for a couple of weeks I, I I came back earlier than what I should have done. I wasn't given any kind of reintegration, phase return, any of that kind of business, and the pressure from that was was from within. And again, you know, like your previous call, I just said you know, and I, I said to my wife at the time, I said I cannot do this any longer. So what I'm going to do. I am going to leave. I am going to. I am going to give them a chance to, because we're, we're, the, 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 it was almost untenable between me and and, and, and the, the hierarchy within that. Um, yeah. Uh, I said I'm going to leave. I'm going to hand my notice in. Um, and what was their reaction to that? I, I don't think they were bothered in the end. I don't think they were bothered in yeah. the end. I think they were quite happy. I think they saw me as some sort of troublemaker from within. Yeah. I wasn't. I was just a hearts and minds guy. That's all I was. That's all I knew how to be to treat people with kindness, to treat people with respect. And the better that you do that, the more you get out of people. Do you, do you think they so, do you think they were almost relieved? You oh, were I think they were absolutely relieved. I literally said to them, I said, right, this is what we're going to do. I said, I'm leaving now. Um, I'm leaving at this point in the term so you can get a replacement for me. Uh, you can pay me up until this time. And then that will allow me to get on the supply list. And I will go to every single school I can. And I will just go on supply. 
So, so basically, do you I think that? Away. Yeah, go on. No, no, you no, go, go on. Karen. No, I was going to say, do you think that I was going to ask you about the the culture there? Because you mentioned external factors, whether that be Ofsted or performance tables or yeah. you know all that stuff um, yeah. as a driver, but. I was wondering with the people you were working with, that group, if you like, of people yeah. at the top. Yeah. yeah. Was it because there's that sort of part of me that goes, well, nobody goes into teaching um, to be like that. I, 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 well, I would like to think they don't. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I wondered whether is, is this about the pressures they were under? that were making them behave in those ways? Or is this something about the either the top person or the group of people at the top that actually was just wrong? Sadly, I think, Tom, and I, I genuinely mean this to say, your previous caller mentioned the help with the Twitter community, which I gained a lot of help from after leaving, right? Yeah. Sadly, I think this is more commonplace than I ever thought possible. I thought it's got to be just this school. It's got to be, uh, you know, you're talking egocentrical attitudes, all that sort of thing. At one point, one of them said to me, and I kid you not, sometimes when you're talking to your own staff, you have to show your teeth. And I'm thinking, is that what you're in it for? You're in it to intimidate. But why? Why? why no, but that, I just think there are people like that who think that 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 within themselves they're too scared to actually challenge what a framework should be and are mm. not in it for the right reasons. You're quite right what you say. We all went into teaching, not not to be <laughs> leaders or or, or or chief executives or business. You all went in for for the right reason, which was to get the best out out, out of the students. And I think the culture they created was very much on power trips and 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 how important they looked. Um, uh, you know, these people insisted on saying, I am the head teacher of this school. Well, the kids aren't bothered about that. The kids aren't bothered who you are. The kids are bothered whether you treat them nicely, speak to them nicely. Yeah, okay. Give them the firm boundaries, but they're certainly not bothered about, I am the head teacher, therefore you will. Hmm. And that was dissipated to the rest of the SLT, who quite frankly, were probably too intimidated by that point anyway. But I knew a sense of what was right and what was wrong. Did you, because you were there for a while. Yes, you said, I was. You said that your mental health deteriorated. and Massively. You know. I, I'm, I'm not too ashamed to say this, Tom. I'm, I'm certain I went through some sort of breakdown. I'm absolutely certain of it. Can you um, pinpoint, because I, I can pinpoint for me, like I said to you earlier, I, there was a Wednesday. I still remember it was a Wednesday morning. I, I can remember the day it was. We're going yeah. back a while now. Yeah. And I, I remember the day it was. I remember waking up and literally something just clicked in my head. I was like, yeah. oh. I It actually felt physical for me. It was it like. Did. I remember I was due to see friends of mine. I was due to go away for the weekend. I went in on the Friday. There was all sorts of stuff going on. And I was literally that terrible fear of dread, literally. And I remember it to this day. And like I said, I'm quite a strong person. I'll, I'll be honest. I, you know, I'm quite a strong person. All the way to work, I was in tears. Yeah. Right? All yeah. the way to work, I'm in tears. And literally, I got there and I went, I can't. Turned the car around and I knew that from that particular point, I was never going to set foot in that school again. Yeah. So, so basically, and here's the thing. This is where it can really get to you. For, I, I signed on to a few supply agencies. 
But I thought I, I've had enough of this. I want out of teaching. I want out of teaching. I want out of education. And I became a delivery van driver for a couple of weeks. Um, and basically, uh, for, for you know, I had a real passion for being a teacher. I really liked what I did. Do you know what I mean? I've been a teacher for a long, long time now, you know. And for them to make me feel that way, I, I, I think shows that it wasn't necessarily me, but it was the school. Because I remember being, I was, I was in the middle of a, a, a city centre. I was, I was, um, I was signing on for, for uh, supply agencies. Yeah. My person gave me a call from an agency said, "I've got a great job for you here. I've looked at all your pastoral experience, your SEN experience. Oh, you'd love this school, do you know what I mean?" So he said, "Come to this school." You know, I said, "No, I'm leaving. I, I, I don't want to be any part of it. I, 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 I've had enough. It's taken too much from me." No, he said, no, 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 just go, just go. It's a short, it's a long-term job. You can quit anytime you want. You'll definitely get it. I know what you like. You know, he's very persuasive and I, I owe quite a lot to him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, I said, all right, okay, if it makes you happy, I'll go. I'll have a look. I'll go for the interview and all that kind of stuff. So I went into this school uh, on supply and I remember the day I walked in and you could just feel like the welcoming presence of everything you know the person that was going to observe me teaching as part of my interview was waiting at the top of the stairs for me and was pleasant and nice and come through here and what do you need and what are your resources and all that kind of stuff you know there was staff there you know and, and she goes just wait in the staff room while I wait, and then I'll get everything sorted I sat in a full staff room a full staff room of people talking chatting laughing like it was like you could just sense the togetherness of the staff. Yeah. You know, and I just thought, do you know what? Might be all right here. Yeah. So I, I went for the interview and I got the job and I came back in September and it was just fabulous. Absolutely. You just felt the warmth of the togetherness of the of, and, and the community of the how good the kids were and how good the, the staff had engineered that and worked hard in order to sort of to sort of set that up and contribute to it i'm going to tell you one story which i think is significant yeah, i think heads need to get onto this and this is, this is not about me sort of it's a bit of a cathartic experience i'm not going to lie but this is all about what what i think leaders should do for the future so my previous school the toxic one they were obsessed with performance management and targets and your class has got to reach this level of of uh, you know value added and gcse yeah. and all the, you know and if you don't we will you will not make pay progression Right. And yeah. many people didn't make pay progression because of the ridiculous targets that they set. My performance management when I when I first joined the school was and the head was a fledgling head. And the head said, right, two of your three targets have got to be around well-being. Mm. Well-being. Two of your targets are going to be around that. You're going to create them. You're going to put them together. You're going to see what what you think is important for your own well-being to make you uh, 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 a, a, a calm and a comfortable and a happy team. Yeah. And that's your performance management. And I literally fell off my chair. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, because yeah, it's we'll, we'll do one target over there. And if you don't reach that, well, OK, well, we'll, we'll talk about how, how, how we can work towards that target. OK, but that's part of our process. That's part of dialogue that you have. And when you had the dialogue with the SLT there, you didn't feel put upon. You felt you were part of that discussion. Did Do you know you... what I mean? And then after yeah. that, I, I, I got a permanent job there. And, and then I was promoted uh, to, to being a curriculum leader. Wow. Right. And like I said, I've never looked back. 
I'm still there four years later. And as your previous lady said on the call, I, I, I love coming to work. I, I'm, you know, I've got, I've got a small team of people who are, who are quite young. They're in their twenties. They want to learn. You want to give them all that, all, all your experience that you had. You really want yeah. them to develop. And it's just a lovely, lovely place. We have active chats. We have active talks. We meet each other, you know, and say, so, well, what we got, what we got on today. Are we going to do this today? And it's just the, it is like night and day. And I don't believe that people can't create that kind of atmosphere based on togetherness, well-being, based on a, a culture that everybody shares and that nobody feels judged or put upon in, in any way whatsoever. Of course, whilst establishing firm marriages amongst the students, of course, while doing that, that's really important. You can't let people run right. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not going to lie, it's a challenging school, right? But there's a real togetherness in a sense that, that your values are going through to the students. They're doing their best in order to meet those. And the parents are doing their best in order to support them. And I genuinely believe there are, there are schools out there like that. And I genuinely believe that for the future, that, that there's no reason why leadership teams or aspiring leadership teams can't promote that, le that level of culture. Yeah, I, I, just before we carry on, and I hope I've got you for a bit longer, X. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, fine. You've made some amazing. I, I'm really enjoying the conversation. It's chiming so much for me. Um, but as we go through, a massive thanks again for John Katz for sponsoring this show uh, and all our shows on TTR. But shows like this um, couldn't happen without them. So a huge uh, shout out to John Katz um, for helping us, sponsoring us, supporting us. Um, it shows they support the teaching profession and um, we thank them for that. Um, if you want to visit johncatbookshop.com, please do. You can use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off um, any book at John Cat Bookshop. And they also have a lot of books that are useful for people in some of the situations we are describing right now. Um, if you search, for example, teacher well-being on the johncatbookshop.com website, you can find titles that, that might help if you're in some of these situations. But of course, use other resources too. Our, our previous caller, Miss B, mentioned social media. Reach out to people on X. Reach out to people on wherever you are, Instagram, whatever network you use. Reach out to other teachers on there. Try not to feel alone. When I was in this situation, I didn't really have, uh, I, I wasn't even on Twitter. I wasn't on social media at all. I was on Facebook, but I was only connected with a few mates. I didn't have anybody from a professional point of view to connect with and reach out to in that first example, toxic school one, I call, I'll call it on here. I called it toxic school one, toxic school two in toxic school one. I wasn't on social media. Didn't have that opportunity. Reach out to people on TTR, reach out to some of our hosts, you know, any of our hosts that will be happy to talk to you and help you with, with any situation that you're in, in the sort of things that we're talking about now, if we can, of course, because some of it might be beyond what anyone can actually do um, to help. But even just a listening ear is sometimes enough. Even just typing something to someone is actually sometimes enough. Even if you don't get a reply, <laughs> it's, it's still helpful to actually write it out and, and say something about it. But I wanted to ask you, X, um, in the school that you were in, the when you were when you've started in this new school that you've been in for a while, you've built it back. Did, were the points in the early days where you were like, "Am I doing this wrong?" and "Am I actually useless at this because of that previous experience?" 
Are we talking my new school or the one I was? Yeah. In? So I'm saying when you when you went into the new school, which had a great atmosphere and everything else, did you question yourself? there in the early days did it take you a while if you oh, like to get oh, 100 percent. 100 i'm going to tell you a small story yeah, yeah as to why that was the case um uh and like i said you know it, it, there, there is i have to i have to warn people there is a decompression time with all of this and you do get reminders and flashbacks and you often think that you sort of am i doing this right do you know what i mean is this too good to be true all that kind of stuff um, we had a small incident going on within within uh, the department. It wasn't anything major at all. Um, uh, you know, a parent, uh, I say the parent had complained about something that, that had happened in a class. And I, I was the, 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 I was in charge of the of the of the, of the, of the curriculum area. Um, so the head, you know, like like sort of, you know, kind of, kind of speak to you about about something that's happened here. Parents sort of. And I was absolutely terrified. I thought I was getting sacked. Yeah. I actually thought I was getting sacked and I was yeah. shaking in the room with, 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 with this head. who's a wonderful head, by the way, um, uh, shaking in the room. And she goes, what the hell happened to you in that last school? This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR. 2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Bet UK is empowering the everyday wins. Cheeky grins. <laughs> Big conversations. Budding aspirations. Our goal to make EdTech accessible and teaching exceptional. Join the global education community on the 24th to the 26th of January, 2024, as we make education better together. Ticket off your Christmas list today. Get your free ticket before the 13th of December deadline. Visit www.uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration. And I like, I just, I just, I just like fell apart. Do you know what I mean? And, and the head base said, well, I'm, I'm going to get you some, you've not had any counselling over this, have you? Um, I said, no, I am. Well, you're going to get it then. Okay. But the point I'm trying to make is, all the head wanted to find out was some information so she could respond to this parent. Whereas I absolutely would have been thrown under the bus in the last place. Yeah. Wow. And that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, the school I, I mentioned at, at the beginning, I've worked in more than 10 schools, some of them for much longer than others. But um, to give you an example, the school I work in now has a fantastic atmosphere with all the staff. It, it is really, really nice. Um, now, interestingly, it's an all-through school, and it's got a relatively small cohort, even on all-through. It's got a very, very particular context, but nevertheless, the atmosphere around the staff, between the staff, you can feel it. It's tangible. It's you walk in, and people are genuine with you. In the in the toxic schools I've worked in there was always a voice in the back of my head going, these people don't like you and these people um, are out to get you. 
or whatever that message was, right, there was just a constant nagging voice in my head all the time that was saying that was saying there's a problem here and that tires you out to hell that just like if you're living with that doubt every single day doubt about what you're doing doubt about the people you with doubt about the culture doubt about the systems if you're there for too long it will like you just mentioned earlier cause a breakdown it will eventually if you, if you can get out after let's say i mean even even six months or more if you can get out within a few months you you've got a chance if you can and and i was going to mention this earlier i didn't have chance someone actually messaged me a few weeks ago uh and they are in a very sort of toxic situation in 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 a in a school and i said to them that because what are we on now? We're on like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Early December. Um, and there is always that thing of like, oh, I've got I've got to leave it till the end of the academic year. Or I've got to leave it for the next two years to complete this or this or this. Or I've got to do this because they've told me that if I don't do this, this will happen, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, just leave. Just quit. Just, just if you can, of course, some people don't have that privileged situation where they can just down tools and go. But I'm telling you, if there is a chance that you can take it and just leave, just go and don't Tom, worry, don't worry Tom. about breaking contracts yeah. or I, whatever. Yeah, go can on. I come in, come I, can I come yeah. in on that point you've just made, um, which I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with? I, I, I'm one of the safest thinkers if you know what i mean i don't gamble or anything like in terms of, oh my god i've got to do this i've got and that's why i stayed in that school for so long but i'm telling you now if you can do it right just do it because i'm telling you and you've only got to look at the recruitment crisis anyway within the profession you can do it and you can find somewhere else and it might be you might have a small period of uncertainty at the time but if you can mm. actually do it do it don't think you're beholden to this don't think you're beholden till the end of the academic year just go because there will be people if, and you know in your own heart you're good enough there will be opportunities yeah. out there for you to do it and i just yeah. want to come in on the point about your previous call i think i know a point that you made about the reference you are entitled to see your own reference yeah and you can challenge that and if they've written something derogatory you can challenge that you can report it that you are you are the one who is in charge of that reference do you know what I mean? Yeah, so a, I know people point. may have that doubt over it, but you're in charge of it. You you have every right to see that reference. You have every right to an exit interview. Do you know what I mean? All of those things, it's your reference and and, 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 and an employer can, cannot go against you or cannot do that. And it's, it's actually illegal for them to do that. So I hope I may have put a few minds at rest regarding that. Do you know what I mean? But if you do have that opportunity, just take it because it's a short life in comparison but there are so there are so many good places out there and i think since i've been in this school i've done a lot of network with other schools in the area and and, and you've got great places absolutely brilliant places there are they are out there but please if, if anyone wants a bit of life experience about about being in a toxic school for too long please get out just don't hang about you know that it's wrong get out before it really affects your health yeah, I mean, my 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 two experiences. I I just got out. I got out midway through the year in both cases, 
I was like, sack this off. I'm not. I mean, the first one was not like that. The first one was I agonized for for months. And months. I remember spending hours on mum's net forums every day where they were going, I want to leave. What should I do next? I yeah. want to. It was like, what can I do after teaching? What can I do? And when I left that school, I thought that was it. I thought I was quitting uh, teaching because I'd I'd almost failed. I was relieved to leave. And and, you know, it was great. But I was like, I failed, you know, and, and, and like what I need to do is I need to completely change career, need to change direction, you know, whatever. Right. And that's what these people that, that's what these things, situations can convince you of. You very intelligent people can be convinced. I'm not saying I'm very intelligent, by the way, but very intelligent people can be convinced that to think completely irrationally. Yeah. Um, that. And therefore, you do have to sort of take stock and you do have to try and try somewhere else, find somewhere else. I did, I think, so after Toxic School 1, I did probably maybe three or four very short-term contracts through a supply agency. Um, and then I got a job and then I got a really good job in a really good school. And I was there for a couple of years. And at the end of that, I was like, the first school I was ever in was actually really great, you know? So I, I should have had that reference point, but like I say, you can believe the strangest things. I think one thing I wanted to ask you, you got, and this is where I'm sort of going here is that when you climb the tree, the career tree, you know, whether that be NQT or ECT teacher, middle leader, senior leader. And then at some point in that journey, you sort of go, Oh, I've messed that up. I'll mess that up by leaving. Or I don't want to mess this trajectory up. And I don't want to do this, this, and this. And it's almost like that stigma around not being able to climb the ladder. And I do think that exists in teaching. It is that thing of what does it look like? What does it look like on a piece of paper if I leave now? Well, at some point, I had to get it into my head. It doesn't matter. I don't care what Jimmy Bobbins down in wherever, who's the CEO of some academy chain, thinks of me when they look at my CV. I mm. don't care. No, what I, I care yeah. about is being happy. And I also, yeah. and it comes back to what you said as well, if you know you're a good teacher, and if you know you can do that job um, over time, right, then d don't let them, don't let other people dictate what you think of yourself. Right. And oh. it, it, to be fair, it took yeah. me years to figure this out. It doesn't matter. Someone could have told me this, you know, at this time. And it probably wouldn't have made much difference. In fact, they probably did, in other words. But it, it wouldn't make that much difference. But now, you know, after a long learning process, it does. So I wondered for you, because you, you said you were aspiring to be SLT. You're aspiring to be maybe a deputy head, whatever it was. Did you feel almost like, I can't fail? Well, I, I got, I got to, I was a deputy head. <laughs> yeah. That was the thing. I was a deputy head. And to be honest with you, what you've just said there, Tom, it actually, in my head for ages, I was thinking exactly what you've been saying there now. But when it got to a stage where it was significantly affecting my health, where I was being gaslit to believe that I was the one that was wrong, that I was the failure, that I was this, that and the other, right? It didn't take me long to actually think, do you know what? Being happy, 
being healthy, getting sleep, not not like honestly, I used to literally go home on a Friday and I reckon by Saturday morning I was already thinking about work on the Monday. Yeah, right? yeah, oh, absolutely. Getting into yeah. that stage where everything's being ruined for you, I thought, so I don't need it. I made that decision very quickly. If I carried on the way I was going, I was significantly going to going to become very, very ill. Do you know what I mean? And mental health is a massive, massive thing. Yeah, and a, loads more is being done about it now, but it's a massive, massive thing. Yeah, um, that, that people really need, really need to sort of switch on with. And as, as soon as I'd made that decision, I, I, I guess because of the kind of person I am, I was, I was brought up fairly well. I'm quite a humble sort of guy. I'm, I'm not conceited or, or any of that kind of thing. It didn't bother me in the slightest that I rocked up to that school. And almost, Tom, you're starting again, aren't you? You're almost like an NQT. You're going in there. You're in the staff room. You, you know, I've gone from deputy head to, 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 to main scale teacher. Yeah. And it didn't bother me a bit because very, very quickly, within weeks of being there, you know, I, I was being invited out here. I was being invited to play football. Do you know what I mean? Because they played five a side on a Friday. All of those things. And I thought, so this is what it's about. This is actually what it's about. Because by the time you get to the top of the tree or the deputy head and all that, they take most of your money in tax anyway. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you, you, you're getting all the way back to that. And that's when I knew. So I've got, and what you've just said there is absolutely spot on. I don't care what anyone thinks looking at my records. Like, oh, he, he was that, but now he's that. Doesn't matter yeah, at yeah. all. Because yeah. I know now I've got, I'm actually doing something which has meaning. I'm actually doing something that I've always wanted to do. I've been teaching nearly 30 years. And now I'm in a situation where I've got a small department and I'm helping young people who are only two, three years into the job. I'm helping them, giving them the benefit of my experience, right? Helping them to be good teachers, helping them to, uh, you know, uh, learn from my kind of experience, helping them to, 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 to be, I don't know, to sort of allow them to really spread their wings, I suppose. And the, the good thing about it is we've got open dialogue all the time. And again, I'm not, I'm not any better than them. I've just got more experience than them. They've got fabulous ideas, all of them. But what there's that sense in this school that what you're doing actually means something, right? That might sound a bit cringy, do you know what I mean? But it actually isn't. You're actually doing something with a purpose. You're helping youngsters. You're, you're discouraging youngsters from potentially bad habits. <laughs> you're discouraging them from, 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 from you know, you know you, you're trying to encourage, how do I deal with speaking to this parent? How do I deal with speaking... How do I deal with this particular child? And you feel you can you can give them that sort of advice. And that's probably the most I've had more development. I've had more rewarding experiences. Yeah. In the four years that I've been here than I ever did in the whole time it was in my in that last place. Yeah. Um, development, cultural development. And I'm learning lots of things. I'm learning lots of things from young people as well. Do you, do you know what I mean? So, so, so it, you, you know, you quickly forget that, I think. But I think what it is, it's taking that plunge. It's taking that, that getting rid of that thing in your head of, of the what if. What if this doesn't work out? What if they look at me and say, why, why are you suddenly looking for a job as a main scale yeah. teacher? But you were a deputy head. You must have done something wrong. Do you know what I mean? And you do have that kind of thing in your head, but it quickly dissipates when when you get accepted for what you are in, in in any kind of decent school with a good culture. It quickly goes. It quickly goes, and you realise what your purpose is. Absolutely, and it's also about accept. You mentioned accepted um, for who you are. It's also about accepting yourself for who yeah. you are and what you are. And for me, that's that's obviously on a personal level as well. Yeah. Is you know, it's like because you don't fit in to someone else's system or someone else's yes. idea of a yep. system, yep. it means nothing. 
It, does, it doesn't mean anything 100%. about you. It doesn't. It doesn't. Life's too short. And, you know, the best example of that would be, you know, I'm thinking, okay, this is a rather niche example, but I think it's a really good one, is um, Aspas, who used to play for Liverpool, right? Because um, I'm a Celta Vigo fan now, big Celta Vigo fan, because I, I used to live in, in Vigo and I love Vigo and I love the people there and, and I had a great experience in a school there and everything else. And, you know, it's my sort of second or third home, right? Um, but Aspas spent, I think, two years at Liverpool um football club he played like two games and at the end of that time people were like he's not very good and he's yeah write him off sort of thing because he didn't fit in with he couldn't fit in with that culture at the time he didn't he didn't you know he couldn't fit in with where he was living he couldn't fit in with the other players bloody bloody blah and he said this later on and he went back to Celta and scored about 20, 30 goals a season in La Liga. I think he's won La Liga Golden Boot twice. Diego Forlan is another great example. He used to play for Man yeah. United. Yeah. Went on after that to play for Atletico. Was a star man at Atletico. Played amazing. Yeah. There's so many examples in football of that. I think it's a great sort of example to say one place, even two, even two places, but definitely one place, shouldn't in any way define you or what you are as a teacher and a professional. Not at all. Absolutely right. Um, I, I have to say a massive welcome to everyone listening in. I'm not going to name anybody listening in. This this will obviously go out as a podcast, but um, lots of people are, are sort of listening live. If anybody does want to call in and want to sort of share this conversation with us, we're going to carry on for another sort of 15 minutes or whatever. But um, if anybody else wants to call in and get involved in the conversation, more than welcome to do so. You can press the little icon in the bottom left-hand side, the little microphone icon, and um, you, can, you can get involved in the conversation. Obviously, for a lot of people, you know, it might not be comfortable uh, to do that. And in fact, I've had a, a direct message uh, from somebody um, and, you know, they've said I can I can read this out. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they've sort of shared this just this evening. Um, and they said I left my role... Um, as uh, I'm not sure what that says actually, as something a year ago, working for a multi academy trust in inner London for a promotion to head of history outer London. Uh, whilst the promotion was a driving factor, it was getting out of a toxic environment that pushed me to leave mid year. I knew my time in the academy chain was slowly coming to an end once they had started to implement a uniform curriculum that lacked real intuition and perspective. However, that would have been bearable if it weren't for the top down initiatives holding to account in inverted commas and general disdain towards staff. Your day could be shifted by people's moods, whether it is an aggressive email, uh, passive aggressive comment, or simply facial expressions towards you while you were teaching. Um, There was never a feeling of being good enough, always a need to be better. This was accompanied by ever moving goalposts where you essentially had to replan lessons each year to fit in with new initiatives um, and so on. Uh, the shift to a new school has been remarkable for me. Uh, whilst there are other challenges um, and a feeling of, of passivity, the day-to-day feeling uh, from above is hugely impactful. The smiles, the positive feedback, and generally nice people make it a joyful school to work in. I'm a huge advocate for making the move. As a teacher, we are more valuable than we perhaps feel, and the very nature of a toxic school is to make you feel otherwise. I thought that was a really pertinent um, message that I got there. And any thoughts on that, um, X? 
I think you've muted yourself, but I'm sure you. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm there you go. Yeah, you're back. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm back. I'm back on. Yeah, I actually think um, uh, the. Um, sorry, the dogs are. <laughs> All right. Shh, shh, shh. Um, I actually think, based on a lot of based on a lot of what's been said there, that there's so much of this sort of going wrong and going around in terms of like, like you say, the goalpost will shift, and that feeling, that feeling of never being good enough, that feeling of like. You really feel you've worked hard on a particular piece, or you, or you've really sort of, but oh no, it's got to be different. And what can we, what can we, you know, that that ever sort of feeling of no, that's not good enough. We've got to do this. That that in itself is debilitating. It's absolutely debilitating. And if you're looking to actually make a difference and change things, and which is, I think, ultimately what all teachers really want to do. But you're being told, no, that's not good enough. No, that's not good enough. You'll bring, you, you might bring a piece of work to the table and it just gets edited and crossed out. And no, that needs to happen. It's absolutely, it, it, it's, a, it's a debilitating experience. But I think if you get to a place, and I think there are, there are places out there where, where that culture can shift and people are all about moving forward. They're all about embracing ideas. They're all about, they're all about doing sorts of different stuff. You know that you've actually reached a sort of reached a sort of point where you think actually that's a good way to go forward that's a good way of appreciating what your staff are doing and i think for instance i'll, I'll give you another example in in the sense of mm. what where i think the culture is is shifting and where uh, this is not just about experiences of ourselves i think if, if there are leaders out there or if the leaders listening to this or whatever like that there are so many different things you can do to shift to shift culture really so we've got a situation within our school where where we do coaching um and we literally we've, we've partnered up with other teachers and they invest a lot of time in saying right okay your coaching day is today you're going mm. to observe your colleague teach you're mm. going to observe your colleague teach just me now i was paired with somebody who was a, a young te teacher he was an ect and he was you know he's got a nurture based group within the school and he's so patient so calm so good with everything he's done and i gained a huge amount actually you know <laughs> this is huge of being 28 years watching somebody been teaching six months and i think yeah. he gained a, he gained a lot out of watching from me but it was having that investment of time in order for people to say in order to to actually share those kind of good practices and experience and do you know what though tom nothing is written down it's for you it's for your experience yeah. You don't have to write yeah. a truckload of stuff. You don't have to do a formal lesson observation. You're watching that person teach, and then you're getting together with that person. Go, okay, I liked what you did there. Do you think that's something I could do with my group? And then, you, honestly, it, it's it's such it's such a rewarding thing. But the fact that the fact that somebody is actually, or or that your SLT are investing time into that, is is a big is a significant thing I think in terms of culture shift. Again, it, it comes back to accountability, doesn't it? And excessive yeah. accountability and hyper accountability, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Like, it's yeah. mad. And the thing is, the more stuff you can do where there's zero paper trail for it, the better. It always yeah. comes back to the sort of verbal feedback given stamp. You know, it's that same thing. Yeah. It's like, what do we need to prove here? And the more stuff you can do where there isn't anything to prove, you know, the better. Because then people will actually invest into it and do it properly. You know, if I'd have had the chance to do anything in Toxic School 1 that wasn't monitored, I'd have learned a massive amount more and I'd have invested more into it. I'd have been more myself. 
I'd have had more authentic conversations. I'd have shared things that of how I really felt and not just how people wanted me to feel. And yeah. even even in those sort of schools, when you actually do feel bad, you almost feel like you've got to script how you feel bad to see yeah. oh, Honestly, it's just... And I think with this coaching thing as well, because you know that you're not getting spied on, you know you're not getting watched, you know they are giving you that time. You, you, like I said, you can be yourself. You can actually say, well, this is how I do it with this, with, with this group. And and you can do it cross-curricular, cross-service and all that kind of thing. But I think some, some you know, you, you, your, other, your toxic school is going to go, right, well, I want to... I want an action plan for that, and I want to see. It's almost like a, an excessive obsession with tick boxes and all this kind of thing. Whereas, again, as I referred to earlier, in this school, there is nothing that I don't feel like I'm doing which actually doesn't mean something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Everything I feel yeah, yeah. I'm doing, I'm supported. Um, for instance, when we're doing things, obviously, as I'm, I'm, a, I'm a curriculum leader now, we do curriculum reviews. So, you know, and I'm not against accountability and all the rest of it. But when you're having those curriculum reviews with SLT and the teaching and learning strand of that, it's you're not always you're not not like in my previous place where you're given a like this person needs sorting. This this isn't good enough. This you you, you almost feel part of that dialogue. So, so the SLT are very supportive in that. And they'll say, okay, well, we observed this session and, and this is what we got from it. And what do you think of yeah. that? And I think we could do that. What do you think of your curriculum here? Do you want to have a little go at maybe? And you literally, you feel part, you feel part of that process. You feel part of that inclusive sort of, um, uh, sort of ideology, <laughs> which, which SLT should be. In my opinion, do you know what I mean? That's how it should. Act, that's how it should actually happen. Where it should, because look, don't get me wrong, SLT is a hard job. It's well, a, I was going to really actually raise job, right? Well, I was going to raise the point actually, based on what you just said, is that being creating a school that is not toxic does not mean a school without weaknesses and a school without problems. Absolutely, absolutely. It doesn't right. mean that everybody always speaks to each other in exactly the right way or never yeah. says anything that, he, that they don't regret saying later yeah. or doesn't it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean no. perfection it doesn't mean Absolutely. a glossy glossy everyone always says the right things and does the right things what it means is authentic it Absolutely. means everybody is being themselves because as we mentioned earlier the vast vast majority of people who come into this profession do so to be teachers and therefore to help children to, to improve their lives on some level. So therefore, yeah. there's a there's a you know there's a higher chance that you're going to get people who are quite nice. So just let them be themselves and yeah. let them enjoy it. And well, if think, you know, yeah. it doesn't mean either that you know to be a non-toxic school. If yeah. somebody you know, does something that breaks the teacher standards. You don't ignore it because it's nope. because we're non-toxic and we don't want to have difficult conversations and we don't want to have conflict. Yep. Of course yep. not. Of course yep. you don't. What it means it what to me, it just means you're authentic, you're trying your best. You know? What the some of the non-toxic schools I've worked in, the behavior wasn't wasn't great. You know, it was yep. it was okay. Um it was manageable, but it wasn't it wasn't great across the school. Um, but the leader was sort of was authentic, was nice, was approachable, and that's that's what you want. I'm yeah. I'm willing to put up with whatever if it's if it's a culture that I feel is good, and the people at the top of it are good, and they're and they're genuine, and 
they're trying their best. And, you know, if they're trying their best, that counts yeah. for a lot, doesn't it? Because no one's perfect. Does. Of course right? it does. No, and, and this is right. tough. It's like super tough. Like, I've never been a head teacher, but hats off to anybody who ever becomes one or wants to be one because it's just, like, yeah, even if things are going well, it would be the most stressful thing in the world. Like, yeah. all eyes are on you all the time. But, you know, so we're not saying like human beings can be perfect in anywhere, whether it's a toxic school, a non toxic school, wherever, but it's about the effort or the aim or the vision or the goal and the direction of travel and the cultural uh, place that that is. So listen, X, we're, we're running out of time. I know I've got Yasmin on, so I'm going to chat with Yasmin just for the last five minutes. Um, cause I know she's called in, um, a fellow host, which is great. Um, yeah. so I just want to say a massive thank you X because you have your, uh, stories and your engagement. I know it will help a lot of people and it's totally giant with like so many things I went, I've been through. It's obvious that, you know, you just know what it is to go through that experience. So thank you very much indeed. No, absolute and, uh, pleasure, Tom. I've, I've loved being on here. And I, I hope my experiences can lead towards other things. And, you know, if I can be any help in the future at all with anybody, then, you know, and, you know, well, we might have to... I'm, I'm more than happy to come on and, you know, share some other stories because it's all about moving forward, in my opinion. And I, I genuinely believe that there can be people out there that can, that, that can create good cultures simply by, simply by, by being decent people. Definitely, hundred percent. Thanks, and uh, yeah, speak to you soon. Um, Yasmin, well, good evening to you. Hey, Tom. Hello. How how are you? I'm okay. Good, thank you. Yeah, fire away. Any yeah, thoughts? no. Honestly, it was just really. I was going to say it was really nice to listen to that. Like hearing um, Miss B and X, but I think it's so nice to hear the perspective of SLT. Um, I feel I often yes. don't hear that, and I think one of the things I found really inspirational about what Mr. X, uh, what X said was, um, you know, going from being a deputy head to a classroom teacher and still, you know, caring so much about influencing school culture and helping ECTs and things like that. I think in teaching, I personally find teaching, you know, really hierarchical, and I feel like you rarely see people take like a demotion from deputy I don't think I've ever actually met someone who was a deputy head and then became a classroom teacher all in the name of you know self-care and leaving a toxic school and you know I, I feel like it's just really nice to hear stories like that in all honesty and obviously you know I love this kind of topic because it is something that really resonates as well but you know it was just really nice in particular for me to hear from X. yeah I love the fact you're calling him Mr. X. It's hilarious. Um, but you're like, no, I'm not going to call him X. I'm going to call him Mr. X, um, which, which is great. Mr. X, are you happy with your new title? Oh, absolutely. 100%. 100%. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm going to call myself that now, to be honest with you. That's the coolest, <laughs> that's the coolest sounding name I've ever had. <laughs> um, listen, um, yeah, I mean, Yasmin, obviously we know sort of, um, you know, your story is, is well documented and, you know, you've, you've also been through your own um, experiences and very sort of traumatic experiences and all the rest of it. Um, is there any advice you would give to someone who is working in what they feel is a toxic school in terms of what they should do, or what they should be doing to make that better? I might actually ask Mr. X that too, just right at the end. Um, if you're still there, Mr. X. Um, I'm still here, yeah, still listening. That could be our final question. So I'll ask Yasmin first, what's your advice 
to somebody in that situation? Um, the first I'd say is to try keep a paper trail, just basically evidence anything that you can. Like I know it's really hard. Um, like I remember times, you know, when a deputy had me in the corridor and I'd run back to my computer and I'd start an email that says, you know, following our conversation in the corridor. And I know it's hard to do, but I know that it can be, you know, extremely he- helpful The fact because you don't know. I feel like when you're going through it at the time, you don't know what you'll want to do about it until you leave. And, you know, I completely respect somebody who, whether someone signs an NDA or just moves on and never talks about it again or decides to go to an employment mm-hmm. tribunal, I feel like I've got equal respect for everybody because everyone's got their... Um, but I would definitely say keep as much evidence as you can just in case, you know, take it further afterwards, you are actually in a position to do so. Um, the second I would say is, which I think both Miss B and Mr X said, is to resign if you can, you know, just get out of there. I think I learned that the biggest thing I learned is that, you know, your health is priceless and it's not something you can ever replace. And if you can get out of somewhere, like every, you know, you always hear, oh, you know, if you die tomorrow, your school would replace you or whatever, but you never hear the other side of things, which is also, if you left, you know, you could also find another job. Like even hearing um, X talk about being a delivery driver after being a deputy head, you know, you can find any job. It doesn't necessarily have to be in a school straight away, but they, you know, prioritise getting out of there, essentially, and, and talking to someone, as you already said, Tom. Absolutely. Um, and Mr X, what's your, what are your final thoughts on this? Final bits of advice? If you're there. Are you there? Oh, I think he might have. I think I muted him. Um, but, yeah, I think I muted him, but he he is there somewhere. Anyway, it's been it's been a great show. Can you hear me? Oh yes, I can hear yeah, you now. I'm back, sorry. Your yeah. final advice. <laughs> My final thing, right? I, I totally agree with Yasmin on that. You you make sure that you have a paper trail and that you are recording some of these conversations to keep it to yourself. That's a very very important thing. But I think the most important thing for me to say really is, if you, there will always be other opportunities out there for you, and it's very scary to take that step. And I was absolutely terrified to take that step. But but I'm telling you, with all the experience that you've got, and think of all the things you do as a teacher, yeah. I think being the delivery driver helped me kind of take stock of a few things. And you know what the irony of it, and I didn't tell you this story at all, the irony of it it was my very first few weeks in, in supply were at my very first school, ironically. So (laughs) I hooked up with different people uh, that I knew when I first got there and it almost reignited my love for teaching again. And it was there ready for me to take the next step. But the one thing about a toxic school is it is not going to get better. You can't just tough it out. You can't just think, oh, cross your fingers. It's not going to get better. All right. So take the step if you can and look for something else because there's lots of opportunities out there. That is a perfect note to finish on. A massive thanks uh, to our sponsors tonight, John Cat Educational, who published professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Uh, you can check out their latest releases at johncatbookshop.com. Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off any order you make on their website. Um, thanks everybody for listening it's been an absolutely fantastic conversation and i'm sure it'll be valuable to anybody listening back you can listen back to this by literally hitting play on the recording which will sit on x as soon as we finish it 
I'm just going to mute um, Mr. X. It sounds like he's having a battle with the kitchen at the moment. Um, but I, I, a massive thanks to everyone for tuning in. You can listen back on X. We'll also publish it as a podcast uh, shortly after we finish here. So well, I'll say shortly after. It might be tomorrow or the day after. But soon in the next, coming days, if you follow Teachers Talk Radio on any of the podcast platforms, this one will be available for you to listen back to on there um, at your leisure. Um, uh, the final thing to say is good luck to anybody who's listened to this and is in that situation. Good luck to you. Um, do, you know, be bold, be brave, uh, do whatever you need to do for yourself um, to feel uh, better in yourself and to, to have the value that you intrinsically have. Um, so thank you very much. Good evening to you. And thanks for listening to Teachers Talk Radio. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.